0: What's up, guys? This is the 404, the show for Atlanta sports fans to sound off on the latest in the 404 sports scene. I'm your host, Isaiah, and I'll be here to guide you through all the triumphs and the tragedies of sports around the 404. It won't always be pretty, but I can promise you it will be fun. So ATL, let's talk. How you doing, Atlanta? This is Isaiah Smith, the host of the 404. I'm coming to you with another episode. It's been a long time, no see. Um, for for la. la, 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 la. How you doing Atlanta? This is your boy Isaiah Smith coming to you with another episode of the 404. Been a long time no see. We've had a lot going on in the sports world since we last got a chance to talk but nonetheless I'm here. I'm ready to get the fall kicked off and started. Gonna be a great college football season. That kicks off on Saturday of course and also the NFL following not too far behind. We're in the midst of a a pennant chase um, for all of us Atlanta Braves fans as well. Um, It's gonna be a fun ride. Gonna be a fun fall hopefully once again. Hopefully it ends with uh, the Braves. Yeah. <laughs> Hoisting a another World Series trophy, and Georgia getting ready to to push their way um into the thick of a national championship hunt, and who knows, maybe even the Falcons uh, looking for a playoff push coming come in here, and then the Hawks also um going to get started up here in a couple months, but nonetheless, going to start with the most uh the most pressing I guess issue of the week um and, and get started here and kind of keep the same format as we have for a while. We may throw in a wrinkle here or there um a gadget show um for lack of a better way of putting it, but um but it'll be kind of the same format, and we'll just keep pushing through and keep talking about um, a lot of the things that we love to talk about. So um, we'll go ahead and start with 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 some Georgia football. It, it's going to be a fun year. It's been a fun offseason, an eventful offseason. Um, I didn't realize this till I was uh, reading about it the other day, but Georgia actually lost 28 guys um, from their season, from their team last year, from the national championship team. They had 15 guys drafted into the NFL, obviously. Um, and then they had 13 more leave in the transfer portal. So you lose 28 guys. Um, I forget how many um, roster spots. I think it's 80-something roster spots. But essentially, Looking at um, you know uh, over a quarter um, of your roster spots or rostered players um, leaving the program, um, or excuse me, scholarship players leaving the program. Over you have a quarter of roster turnover that's not common in college football. I know we think about football teams as being large and, and having a lot of people, but that's not common. So Kirby Smart definitely had his work cut out for him from the end of this year. But nonetheless, when you have a program that's the caliber of Georgia and they recruit at the, at the level that Georgia does and, and do business the way that Kirby Smart does business with his staff and, and his players and the expectations that they have of themselves and of one another, um, you never truly rebuild. You just reload. Um, and so that's exactly what Georgia's done. And so, you know, when you look at the the lay of the land within their division, kind of starting small scale um, and working your way out, um, you got to ask yourself, you know, what's the season outlook? I think, you know, it, it's the same as it always has been um, at the University of Georgia since you know Kirby Smart's second year, essentially um, double-digit wins, win your division, win the SEC East. Um, make it to a New Year's Six game. Um, And I think if you do those things, the college football playoff is in reach, especially considering their schedule with it not having, you know, a marquee test. If you think last year, you know, Clemson was the marquee test at the beginning of the year. And then you had some other games sprinkled in that a lot of people thought would be competitive that ended up not being competitive. Um, If you look at the SEC East this year, really everyone took that step back in the way that Georgia did. No one kind of um, leaped forward or had a lot of guys, you know, transfers come in or anything like that, even with coaching changes and whatnot. So I think for Georgia, running the table is very much an option. It's very much a thing that can be done. And in my opinion, I think the thing that should be done and also a thing that I think Kirby Smart expects his players to, to come out with that mentality of um, you know, going 1-0 each week. But if we're able to go 1-0 each week, um, you're going to end the season at you know 11-0, 12-0 and be where you want to be um, coming into uh, SEC Championship weekend. And I think if you get to that SEC Championship game undefeated, um, you're in essentially, no matter what Alabama is or what they do. Um, I say Alabama because, you know, a lot of people think that they're the best team in the country right now. I happen to agree with those people. Um, but, you know, I, I say Alabama mainly because I don't think anyone's ready to come for the West yet. Um, all those teams are too young. There's some promise there. Don't get me wrong. I know that there's a, a lot of there has been a lot of thought in the past that oh, it's old Miss's year, it's this team's year, it's that team's year, and Alabama continues to dominate as, as they do year after year after year. Um, and so. I think there may be some turnover there uh, eventually um, because, you know, Nick Saban's essentially had, you know, a 10, 15, you know, going on 20 year run um, uh, and essentially a dynasty, but nonetheless, there will be turnover in the SEC West. Jimbo Fisher's recruited too well. Um, You know, with the the way the transfer portal works, I think Brian Kelly's going to have a very, very good teams out there. Arkansas has done a great job just building organically, um, with recruiting and getting in the guys they can. So, um, but you know, I say Alabama for this season to get back on topic. Um, you know because no one's ready yet they have a championship pedigree and that's a simplistic way of putting it um and we'll explore that more in in a, a further show but A&M's working with you know potential and, and ifs and maybes and, and a bunch of five-star guys they brought in that just got to campus 25 minutes ago and, and they're gonna get there but right now it's not them they don't have the experience they haven't put in the the, the hours on the field and log the same type of time to get the experience to compete with a team like alabama so that's a bunch of guys who have been there for two or three years season guys season transfers coming from other programs who are going to plug and play right away. Same with LSU. Like I said, Brian Kelly. I don't. I don't trust him, um, but I'm not confident in his ability to, to to coach guys up when they get there. But you know, who knows? He's probably going to make a run in the SEC West. Um, honestly, uh, over these two teams, I like Arkansas. Um, I think their experience. I think you know, at the quarterback position with KJ Jefferson, Sam Pittman has as a championship pedigree as well, coming from Georgia and some of the stops he's made in his career. So if you you ask me today to pick the, the finishing order of the SEC West there's a piece of me that, t- that wants to put arkansas on the number 2 spot i think that that they could finish as high as second if things go the right way and go their way they might even end up winning the division but i you know i think arkansas may be the maybe a better team than some of the these other teams that are a little more um, sexy to pick and and teams that the the analysts and the pundits like, but regardless, um, we know the thought about UGA right now early on. I'm um, Getting back to the topic at hand, we know the reports are that, that the offense is way ahead of the defense from their initial scrimmage, and that's kind of, you know, the gap is closed as the summer and offseason has progressed, but nonetheless, we still think we're going to enter the season with the offense being ahead of the defense, which is to be expected when you return as much um, as much as they do return your quarterback, return a lot of guys at, at skill positions, and return a lot of those off of lineman who played key roles last year so it begs the question will the offense be able to carry the team you know do we have that kind of faith in in Stetson Bennett and I think that's the question that the that the first question is really asking people say oh can the offense carry Georgia the question we're really asking is do we have faith in Stetson Bennett to be the catalyst to be the driving force of the team of the team, essentially the best unit on the team um, and get this team to, you know, back to a national championship because last year it was a defense. We all know it. We know the offense was the weaker link and the offense, you know, did what it had to do when it needed to do it. And they stepped up when they had to, but the defense was the driving force. They were the catalyst. They got things done. Um, Admittedly, I'm not the biggest Stetson Bennett stand. I think he's, he's physically limited Um, and his, you know, in what he can do and what his ceiling is. I know he won a national title that, that doesn't mean both can be true. It doesn't mean that Georgia, you know, can't have won a national championship last year and also done it with a quarterback who is physically limited. His ceiling is lower than what you would hope on a team that recruits at the level that Georgia does. And I think it, it it handicaps the offense in a way. It doesn't allow them to be as explosive in the passing game, and maybe even you know sometimes in the run game. If you think about some some design quarterback runs, even though Stetson is pretty athletic, um, it, it may it may keep the offense from being all that it can be. Luckily, you have a a lights out defense that that keeps you from having to have the offense go out and score 50 points. But nonetheless, you know, I think Stetson Bennett is in a position and is poised to take a step forward. Um, He has the tools to command the game when it's called, you know, within that wheelhouse, within that bubble that he needs it to be called within, you know, when Todd Munkin does that, um, he's had a full off season running with the first team. You know, they made no qualms about it. Stetson Bennett was the starting quarterback when he, when, you know, camp started this fall Um, and, and he's got all the reps with the ones and that's not something he's had before I, you know, two seasons ago when he kind of got the gig, you know, he was still an afterthought, um, for most of the fall, if not all the fall. And, you know, and then coming into the season kind of got tossed in and really took his opportunity and ran with it. And then, you know, the previous fall, JT Daniels got all the, uh, the reps with the ones, you know, last year coming into the season then you have the injury and whatever happened there. And then sets a minute kind of gets thrust in there. has to learn on the fly and learn as he goes. Um, so with, With that in mind, having a full offseason with all your playmakers, with Brock Bowers, with Darnell Washington, um, with Oscar Delp, with, you know, A.D. Mitchell and Ladd McConkie and and all those guys, um, with, you know, Kenny McIntosh, it's going to make a difference. And hopefully we see that right out of the gate. Um, I still want to see a Georgia offense with a pure gunslinger, not a guy with a quote-unquote gunslinger's mentality, like they say about and Bennett. Um, I want to see a pure gunslinger back there, a guy with a big arm who can, you know, do it with his legs, like you know, like some of the guys they've been, been rumored to target in these upcoming recruiting cycles or some of the guys they wanted before. But I want to see what that looks like. But for now, um, we're going to have and minutes. So, and we know Stetson Bennett's going to consistently make plays within the system um, to make the team successful. He's going to stay ahead of the change, keep the offense in plus situations. And that's what he's asked to do. Stetson Bennett doesn't have to go out and win the game. We just don't need Stetson Bennett to lose the game, you know, on his on his own. Um, and so, you know, with, with that in mind, you know, people talk about recruiting receivers at Georgia all the time, and I'm not going to harp on this um, but because I don't think this year the, the tale is going to be, oh, the receiving room, can they keep the receivers fed? You know, you saw Jermaine Burton leave um, to go for what he thinks is, are greener pastures, and if that's what he needs to do for him and his family, so be it, um, wish him the best at Alabama. But nonetheless, uh, I think there's plenty of uh, firepower in the in the Georgia receiver room when you look at, you know, A.D. Mitchell, Ladd McConkie, the type of playmakers they are. When you look at Dominic Blaylock, a five-star who came in a couple years Ago, has been riddled with injuries. Um, I think he's going to have a big year. Also, when you look at Kiaris Jackson, you know, an upperclassman, an elder statesman um, who was, I think, a four or